Today we are doing the third part of a series that I call Duty Calls. Today's episode is called When Duty Feels More Like a Weight. And we're going to be talking about what we can do when the responsibilities that we have are smothering us. When we feel as if we are never going to get out of a situation that turned very sour and that isn't at all what we want it to be. Hey, it's Amber L.B. Swenson, wife, mother, worrier, overthinker, type A, holding on to God and his promises to get me through the day. Thanks for joining me to explore everyday issues from a biblical perspective so we can all know and love God more. We're going to take a look at it from two separate perspectives. We're going to look at it from the employment perspective or the extracurricular activities or the school or the things that we have in our lives that we really feel called to do, but you know, it's just not working out. And we're going to do it from the family perspective because the way that we approach them will be very, very different. So first of all, most of us acknowledge that our responsibility as Christians are um, something that we should take seriously. It isn't as if we want to just leave or um, huff off if things aren't going the way that we expect them to go. And most of us are in for the long haul in terms of, you know, if we have a bad day at class or if we have a bad day at work, we're not going to take it as something that we're just going to up and quit. Um, However, there are times when situations go from bad to worse, or when things um, sort of take a grueling turn, and someone in the job situation you're in, or someone, a teacher at school, or your coach, or your um, professor, or, or somebody really takes it upon themselves to make your life miserable. What do we do then? And of course, we understand that these things, whether it's school or our jobs or uh, an extracurricular activity, they're all gifts. They're all gifts that um, come from God and that can be tremendous uh, areas of blessing in our life. And we'd like to think that if we do things well, whether we're a good employee or we put our time in and we're doing um, everything we can at school to get the grade, or if you're in a play and you're doing whatever the director asks you to do and you come with your lines learned and you're there to work hard, we tend to think if we do that, then we should be treated well, right? We should pretty much earn the respect of those around us and they should like us and help us and want to be around us, but that's not always the case. And if we look at the Bible, we see that this is nothing new. Look at Jacob when he ran away from home because he had deceived his father into getting the blessing that his father tried to give to Esau. He started to work for his uncle Laban. And we learn several years later when he went to leave, he had worked 14 years for Laban's two daughters. So we know he put in at least that much time. And then how much he stayed after that, not entirely sure, but During that time, he says that his wages were changed, his duties were changed. Laban wasn't exactly the boss that Jacob hoped he would be. Or how about David working for King Saul? So David had fought and defeated Goliath, and King Saul uh, had summoned him because he was told he could play the harp, and so he was brought in to help him 
um, calm himself down when the evil spirits came upon him. And so he was working in Saul's court, and then he was also going and fighting for King Saul. And you would think that he would have earned Saul's respect, but not so. Saul saw him as the threat who was going to take over the throne, which was indeed the case. God had anointed him. Um, But so instead of treating him as a helpful uh, person in his army and as a person who was helping King Saul out and, and there to support his family, Saul determined to kill David and made it his job to hunt David down. So what do we do when we're in a situation that has gone downhill drastically, when we're being mistreated, when things become hostile, when the person or the company or the school or the professor or the coach that we're working for starts going in a direction that makes us uncomfortable? Well, first thing we ought to always do, our first resort is always to pray and ask God to come into the situation, be part of the solution, and to ask God to intervene. David often did this in the Psalms. As we read through the Psalms, he definitely asked God to be his fortress. He asked him to deliver him and help him and be with him. And sometimes that's all we're going to need to do because God will step in and make the situation better or provide a way out so that you can leave and go to a different job or you get put in a different class or suddenly the coach leaves and a different coach comes or whatever. So that may be all that we need to do. But what happens when we've prayed? And that isn't the case. We don't see any change at all, which by the way, Jacob working for Laban, David running from Saul, it didn't change overnight. The second thing we want to do is be sure to take the high road. And by that, I mean, don't get involved in the drama of what's going on. Don't gossip. Don't start talking behind people's backs. Don't determine that you are going to make other people miserable because you're miserable. Um, Don't badmouth people. Do your job well and encourage others to do the same. Pray your way through each day, each shift, each practice, whatever it is, um, so that you can continue to act like a Christian while you're there, regardless of how you are being treated. And then, of course, we're going to pray for deliverance because we're in these situations that really are hard to get through every minute, every hour sometimes. So we want to be sure to pray that God will deliver us in his time and give us the strength that we need in the, in the meantime. And then the third thing we want to do is when God opens the door, we want to take him at his word and we want to take advantage of that situation and run. So in 2017, I was in a work situation from January through July where I was working about 30 hours a week for a particular client. And my hours were really sort of stressful. I started at four in the morning. I worked till 10 with this particular person, and then I had two other clients, so I'd come home around 12.30 each day. So I was putting in a full day's work by noon. And um, the, the client that I worked primarily with was not a very kind woman. She was demanding. She was mean. She was aggressive. She um, was belittling, and she made a way of making... Uh, she had a way, rather, of making 
me feel terrible and as if I I wasn't good enough or um, just it, it was a very difficult work environment. And I remember praying and feeling so stuck, like, how do I even get out of this? Where, where is the freedom going to come? How am I going to get out of this work situation? Uh, when is the end going to come? And in July, in a one week span, it became very clear that I was going to have to leave immediately. A moral corner was cut that I couldn't participate in, and I had absolutely no option morally except for to quit immediately. And that's exactly what I did. I, I conferred with a couple of trusted friends. I asked them what they thought I should do when they came back and said, Amber, you cannot be part of this. Even if you are part of this, you know, there can be legal repercussions down the line and you really need to get out. So I quit immediately. I went in, I talked to my boss. I said, I can't do this anymore. I have to leave. And of course, afterwards, after walking out of that situation, which was increasingly difficult, it was hard on my body. It was hard on my family. It was hard just emotionally to get through the day. After getting out of that situation, suddenly the second thoughts kept coming. Things like, well, what am I going to do without that money that we were making that I was bringing in? And I was going to miss certain aspects of the job. You know, the people who would come in um, that I would relieve of their shift and then the next person who would relieve me, you get to know those people and and you get to enjoy them and like them. And, and the, as those thoughts started coming into my head, I made a point of saying to God, you have opened the prison doors. I will not long for the prison that you just brought me out of. Because so often don't we do that. Or we even have a chance to get out of the situation. So there's an out. You can quit the team. You can see that this is not going in the direction that you really think it should go. And, and you really see that it's not in your best interest to stay. And you get the out. Sometimes we're too scared to take it. Sometimes we worry about what we'll give up and what we'll miss if we're not in that situation. And all I can tell you is this, that when I left that position, God um, did not forsake me. He pulled out all the stops. He provided for me in absolutely miraculous ways. And I was able to get some rest. I was able to turn things around. I took on a client that I really, really enjoyed and at a very important time. The client that I uh, took on at the time ended up dying within two months. And so I was able to give that client a lot of time and pour into him. And it just ended up being, I could see God's hand in it. So as we get to the point of deliverance, it's so important that we jump and we take that route of deliverance instead of being afraid and staying back and remaining behind the prison doors. We'll be back with this episode in just a minute, but first I want to pass along something that might help your faith journey. What if mothers in the Bible could give you advice to help you on your parenting journey? 
That's the premise for my book of Bible studies titled Bible Moms, Life Lessons from Mothers in the Bible. Former Wisconsin Lutheran Seminary President Armin Panning reviewed Bible Moms and had this to say about it. Quote, With the book written for women, I was obviously not the intended audience, but I found the volume very edifying nonetheless. I have no doubt it should prove even more instructive and encouraging for the intended readership. Unquote. During COVID, my Bible studies via Zoom kept me going. This book is perfect for a mom's group and our featured resource this month. Older women, this would be a perfect time to get a mom's group together and share your insight and encouragement with moms who are in the trenches right now. For more information, go to amberlbswenson.com. Back to today's episode. Family is totally different because the goal with family is always to work things out. There's not an out that you necessarily want to take and, um, and, and keep. That's not the goal anyway. There might be periods of separation from certain people in our family that just needs to happen. If there's an abusive relationship, you know, of course, that's the only way. Um, and there are other times when a relationships get so um, hostile that it absolutely is not in anybody's best interest to continue on. However, for the most part, we really want to work on reconciling things when it comes to our families. So again, what are our steps for working things out when the responsibility that we're feeling with our family gets heavy? And this might be your marriage and the relationship just is at one of those really um, hard times. It may be your relationship with one of your children or more of your children. It may just be the responsibilities of being a homeowner or even a condo owner or, or whatever um, that are really weighing us down in our family life. So what do we do to get through? First again, we have to bring God into the situation. We have to ask him to be part of it and enlist him to help us. He may need to change some hearts, and that heart might be ours. So we need to be praying for God to change the hearts of all involved if they are not um, bent towards God. We need to pray that God would put us on the same page, especially when we're not on the same page with our spouse or our children. Lord, you know, make our hearts be one and, and let us be geared to do your will and to serve you. And then we need to pray for the strength to endure and the wisdom to get out of the mess. So we want, again, to get through this. We want to endure um, in these family issues, in these crisis situations. So we need to pray that God would give us all that we need to, to do so. Number two, communicate. This is such an issue in families. And the line that the woman I used to work for um, long ago that hired me in 2013, the line that she gave me was, Amber, you cannot over communicate. In other words, please, if you're going to err, err on the side of telling me too much. Report everything instead of um, not reporting it all to me and me having to try to guess 
what's going on. The same is true in our families. We really run into issues when we're not communicating well. And so often our busy schedules have us just barely talking to each other. We're just saying one thing or another in passing. We're really not taking the time to sit down and have a meal together. Maybe even you're having meals on the couch with the TV playing. Or, um, you know, even everybody has different hours and schedules and some people are going to bed early and some people are going to bed late. And so you're not having meaningful conversations. And that can really cause a lot of issues, especially when we start assuming things. So because we're not taking the time to communicate, we start assuming things that may or may not be true. Things like, well, they clearly don't care because if they did, they would have done this. You know, that can be so damaging because a lot of times people cannot read your mind and maybe they didn't understand that whatever it is you hoped they would do um, was so important to you and, and maybe they didn't even understand you wanted them to do it. So it's so important that we communicate, communicate, and communicate with our family. And that is eye-to-eye, phones down, TV off, really saying what's on our mind, but do it with grace. Giving more than they necessarily deserve grace, doing it with tact, and doing it with patience. Number three, if we're going to communicate, it is equally important that we listen. It is really important that we make sure to hear what the other person is saying. Are they overwhelmed? Are they feeling insecure, afraid? What is at the heart of what they're saying? So as we listen, we are going to see what's going on inside their heart and then we can act accordingly. We can fulfill what they need help with, or we can help them come to terms with whatever they're feeling in in terms of anxiety or insecurity. It's so important that we really listen. And again, I cannot stress enough how important it is to put the phones down, to turn off the radio or the iTunes or the TV, or whatever is going on in the background. And to give each other undivided attention. And number four, remember your spouse and your children, your sister, your brother-in-law, whoever it is you're having an issue with. They are not the enemy. You have an enemy, but it is not them. We're told by the Apostle Peter, that our enemy, the devil, roars around like a lion seeking someone to devour. Our enemy is Satan and his evil army. So the person that you are struggling with is not the enemy. And when we recognize that, we're going to treat them differently. We are going to treat them as another redeemed child of God. Even if they are not a believer, they are someone that Jesus went to the cross to pay for their sins. So when we recognize that this person we're struggling with is not the enemy, we can change our prayers. We can ask God to put love in our hearts for them. We can ask God to help us to communicate with them well. We can ask God to bend our hearts, to make a way to get along with them and to have a peaceful relationship with them. And as we do that, 
things should, at least, as we're working on it, and as God is hopefully softening their heart along with ours, things should hopefully in time get better. And of course, I'm going to reiterate that there are times that you need to separate for a time. There are times that you just need to have a season where you maybe don't talk. You don't spend every Christmas together. Maybe you need to have a break from having Easter together. And that's okay. Later on, um, that time can heal things. And you just have to put it in God's hands. He knows. And he can work in everybody's lives, lives involved. Brittany Moses said, God will let you walk into uncomfortable situations where all you can do is rely on him. Don't be anxious. He's about to show you he is faithful. When we're in the struggles, that is the one thing that we have to rely on, that God is there in the struggle with us. In Isaiah 41, we read, So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. The Apostle Paul told Timothy that when he was in a particularly tough situation and everyone else deserted him, he said this in 2 Timothy 4, But the Lord stood at my side and gave me strength. As you get through these situations and you look back, you will be able to see that God was there with you. He was comforting you. He was opening up doors. He was strengthening you. He was refining you. He was helping you to be a different person, a stronger person, a more loving person, a more patient person. He was helping you to grow spiritually. That doesn't make it easy. All growth, a lot of growth anyway, is hard. It's hard work, but that doesn't mean that it won't be worth it in the end. This is going to end our series titled Duty Calls, and I just really, really want to encourage any of you who right now find themselves very much feeling the weight of the responsibility that they are in I want to encourage you that God is there with you. Continue to pray. Continue to find your strength in Him. Reach out to a godly person who can pray you through the day with you, who can send you little encouraging texts or emails. And don't give up. Because eventually when the time is absolutely perfectly right, God will open a door in a way and deliver you from what you are struggling with. This has been Little Things, because in God's kingdom, the little things are the big things. Don't forget to go on your favorite podcast forum and rate this podcast and share it with your friends, download it um, so that other people get to know this. Thank you for your prayers. They really keep us going here at Time of Grace as we continue to share the good news about Jesus.